you what she looked like. My sister Janet has a perfect 1920s face and figure, small, thin, elegant, with black hair and pale skin and green eyes. At that time, Janet had a bobby cut, too. She looked just like a flapper. Then I needed a name. I'd been looking at 1900 birth notices for some reason, and a lot of them were ancient Greek names. Psyche, Irene, Iris... These ladies, the naive Psyche, Irene, the goddess of peace, and Iris, the nymph of the rainbow, were far too respectable to be the sort of person I wanted my heroine to be. But then I remembered Phryne, a courtesan in ancient Greece, so beautiful that Apelles used her for his Aphrodite, and so rich and notorious that she offered to rebuild the walls of Thebes as long as she could put a sign on them, the walls of Thebes, ruined by time, rebuilt by Phryne, the courtesan my kind of woman. Her last name is derived elaborately as a scholastic joke. She is a fisher of men, as all detectives are. Her name also reflects the grail cycle, le roi pêcheur, the sinner or fisher king. I've always liked that absurd pun on sin and fish. And there was a street in Paris called Rue du Chat qui pêche, which was a good place to find a gigolo. All of the information had come to me piecemeal from various sources. It was coagulating in my head as I sat on the tram, and when I got off the tram in Melbourne, I had the name of my heroine, Phryne Fisher, I knew what she looked like, and I was working on where she came from. I gave her a poor background to make her appreciate being rich, and a title so that she could not be overawed by society. Because I wanted her to be a female wish-fulfillment figure, I wanted her to be like James Bond, with better clothes and fewer gadgets. There was no female hero in the same vein as Leslie Charteris's Simon Templar, the saint. In fact, as the saint books were published in the same period of the 1920s, I wanted to make her Simon Templar's younger, more level-headed sister. All I really did was take a male hero of the time and allow her to be female. No one thinks it odd that James Bond has blondes and no regrets— I only ever thought I would have two books published, so I tried to pack everything I wanted to say about female heroes into them. The modern women detectives are afflicted with self-doubt, neglect their diets, worry about exercise, think they may be growing fat, as if fat was a disfigurement, and are generally burdened with low self-esteem and guilt. I wanted a character without guilt, with boundless self-esteem, as a role model, perhaps. She was no challenge to invent. All I really felt that I actually invented was the name and the background. She blossomed from the moment I wrote the first line of Cocaine Blues, and after the first five chapters I had no further control over her. I feel like I discovered Phryne rather than invented her. She's a bold creature for the 1920s, but not an impossible one. None of the things she does are out of the question for that brittle revolutionary period. And, yes, Kerry Greenwood can fly a small plane, though I've only flown once in a tiger moth, and Kerry Greenwood can, or rather has, for the purposes of research, fired a handgun such as Phryne carries. The research is essential to make the books convincing, and besides, I love original research. Historical novels walk a fine line. Too much detail and the reader is bored. Too little and it fails to convince. The ideal state for the reader is one where she trusts the writer to tell her everything she needs to know. Consider Maigret's Paris or Ellis Peter's Shrewsbury. And I find it essential for me to know what streets Phryne walks down. Fortunately, a lot of Melbourne is still much the same as it was in the 1920s. 
I use all the bits that are extant. My favorite detective writer, Dorothy Sayers, always included a slab of solid research in her books, and I decided in homage to do that too. In each of my novels, you will find out something different about Melbourne in 1928, as well as the detective story. It is not so much a mission as a gift to the readers. The process of writing one of these novels is odd. I choose a new aspect of Melbourne which I would like to research, the theatre, the circus, jazz, flying, the docks, and then spend six months finding out all I can about it. About one hundredth of what I actually know about the subject ends up in the novel, but I need to know it to write the book. In fact, I worked out that for each novel, I do as much work as a PhD student would for a thesis, but the novels are more fun to read than a thesis. After a while, the story starts to build up pressure, and finally it wakes me up at three.